This is C.C. Michael, host of All Things Alberta, a podcast that knows that Alberta will be better off on our own, and we really don't care what people east of Saskatchewan thinks about it. Let's get after it. All right, good uh, good day, folks. It's uh, C.C. Michael. This is All Things Alberta. And uh, we have our uh, special friend and guest, Justin Wisher, back on the show. He was uh, so good last time. I thought he was average at best, but the uh, the people out there demanded to hear more of what he has to say. I don't know why. Uh, it, I mean, Dave, honestly, dude, you got to bring it this time because I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Uh, just bring welcome. it. Yeah, just bring it. Welcome to the show. I'm uh, I'm happy you're you're joining me here. Uh, I have not talked to Dave. Dave has not had any updates, um, and so maybe maybe what I what I'll do is is I'll explain to you how how uh, how my weekend went. I hope your weekend was better than mine. Uh, I I went with uh, my father and uh, and I and my eldest son. Uh, that lives at home. Sorry, I've got another son. If he hears this, he'll go, what about me, a jerk? You know how sons can be. Um, anyway, yeah. what, what, I'll say one of my sons. I don't have any, but okay. Sons. Yeah, I took one of my boys uh, with my father up up just to do some road hunting, just to sh- see if we can shoot a whitetail or something. Anyway, uh, yeah, did you know you're uh, not allowed to have any ammo in your loaded or in your gun at all if you're in a vehicle? I had no idea. How do, do you, you know the, how are you supposed do you know to? The, do you know what the fine is for that? Nope. What? I'm sure it's you're going to tell me right now. It, it's $120. Oh, I, uh, I, yeah. It, and it's my own fault. I actually knew the law. I knew that that was the case, but I've got, I've got a, I don't know how old my, I've got a Ruger seven millimeter and, uh, and it doesn't have a clip. So, you know, I've got a manually, put in each shell as I'm getting out of the truck to try and it's a bolt, a bolt action. Yeah. It's a bolt action. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just the deer already have the advantage of uh, speed and, and everything else. And the fact that I'm the one shooting at them, they have a, they have a definite advantage there, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, if I, when I get out of the vehicle, do I just call to the deer, please stand there. Just give me a second. I've got a, I gotta load my, I gotta load it. Hold on. So anyway, I was admittedly I was trying to cheat a little. I had a couple of rounds in the, uh, not nothing in the chamber, just in the, in the, uh, in the mag. And uh, and sure enough, we rounded a corner. I I literally just finished putting in the second one, looked up, and we rounded a corner, and there was a fish pop right there. So anyway, uh, so that sucked. So I got a hundred twenty dollar fine for that. Uh, kids don't have a loaded firearm in your truck when you're hunting. Uh, yes, kids. So, and, and anyway, I, I've determined now that, that, uh, I just had a good laugh with, uh, with the, uh, fish cop. He, he was very kind, but, uh, but yeah, he, uh, he said, maybe what you need is an, is a new gun. So go out, get a gun with a clip and, and this won't happen. I'm like, agreed. Make sure you tell my wife you said that because now I have permission <laughs> to go buy a new firearm. I got legal permission. I got legal permission. It was actually highly recommended by by the fish cop that I that I swap out my 
my old Ruger and get a get something decent with a clip. But anyway, to make matters worse, that was just that was the end of the day. What I was really happy about was the fact that I don't know if you're if if, if you're joining me for a scotch here, but um, I we we had to go all the way to uh, there you go. We had to go all the way uh, back into town an hour away uh, because because we forgot shells. My son ran out of shells and we bought more shells, but he forgot them at the farm and it was just a gong show from start to finish i didn't think it could really get any worse but we all know it could always get worse and, no matter how bad it is and yeah and, and it got worse justin it got worse we're on our way home so after another morning of our last morning of uh of hunting um we we saw three deer and and my son took a took a shot at them but but they were kind of through a bunch of willows. And so, and he's shooting a 7mm 8 It's one of those, doesn't have a ton of power. So no doubt the, the, uh, the bullet probably ricocheted off a willow tree or something and gone. So hey, long as story, we didn't get anything. And we decide that's it. Let's, let's go, let's go home. Time to go home. And on the way home, uh, we hit the highway and on the way home, we were, you know, what do we call this by, by the grace of God go I. We were in almost a head-on collision uh, on the highway. Uh, with, a, um, with, with a car or a vehicle? Uh, well, it was my dad's three-quarter ton truck that he loved. It was his, he only had it about a year, but he, it was a three-quarter ton truck Chevy. And you can't find those for, for cheap. And he finally found one and he wasn't, you'd have to know my dad. He, he's got an 06 Chevy Silverado that has 40,000 K on it. It's new. It looks showroom new and it's an 06. So anyway, he's got, he had this 05 that he found an 05, uh, three quarter ton truck. And he loved that truck because he could take it hunting. It was his hunting and fishing truck and he loved it. But, uh, we were in an accident. A guy crossed the long and the short. The other guy was at fault coming across and it was at the crest of a hill and it was uh it was almost a head-on collision if my uh, if my father had turned a second before he did to avoid the accident we were in the accident the guy hit us at highway speed oh, so it was it was quite a crunch it was quite a Every, everyone okay everyone was okay thankfully both drivers right. uh everyone in our our truck was okay but uh but yeah if he turned any earlier, he we would have got T-boned. If he would have turned later, it would have been absolutely head-on. But as it was, it uh, yeah, it the truck's a write-off, unfortunately. And after we checked, it made sure everyone was okay. The first words out of my dad's mouth was, "I love this truck." So, <laughs> but that that just that was the that was the end of an already crappy uh weekend already like it was it was just one of those days where every day seemed to get just progressively worse and it ended up with uh with a with a written off truck it was one of the most expensive uh deer hunts i've ever personally been on <laughs> wow um, and, wow. and and we brought home no deer so that my friend that That's was my weekend part. yeah exactly like yeah hey how's your weekend <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because anything I say is not going to even compare to that. 
<laughs> I had some chores and things like that to do. That's about that's about my weekend. That's tough. Yeah, I'm glad you got through the chores. <laughs> Maybe whether you did or not, who cares? No, I, I didn't quite get through them, but you know. <laughs> I, I saw you with a scotch. What are you drinking today? Uh, Glen Roths, the Glen Roths. Okay, mine's a. Uh, uh, it's out of that baby blue. Have you seen the? And it's a. I'd have to go get get it. I can't even pronounce it. It's a long. Search of the B. It's, <laughs> it's about this long. Very o'clock, or I don't know what it was. <laughs> you just clear your throat a bit, and then it you, just then yeah, you throw your it. clear your throat twice. <laughs> once in the middle, yeah. once at the end, and uh, and that's what and, I'm and, and add some bells in between. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, on my weekend off, I, uh, I I did not pay attention to the news. I uh, I I have no idea what's going on. I I even for even for the show today, I did not start looking. All I know is Justin, folks. Justin has some. What would you call it? You want to talk American politics? And yeah, well. Well, on the last show, you mentioned that uh, you should have me on again for when the election's over. I guess technically it's not over, but technically uh, it's not over. <laughs> technically, um, but uh, yeah, I basically texted you and said I there's actually some good news, even if uh, um, things <laughs> it's crazy how things are going down there. But there are some things that have happened that are interesting for one and good. And I think good for that too. And another thing that's really good news. And so, yeah, I thought uh, maybe we can explore those two things. Well, let's uh, let's let, let's fill me in on the good news. Tell me tell me how wonderful this news is, and uh, and then I'll let you know whether or not it's good or not. How, how about we start? You're, so, you're sounding a little skeptical on this. <laughs> uh, good news this time of year. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. All right, my friend. Giddy up. I'm ready. Here. Lay it on so, me. So the first, the first thing that I, um, and I've been noticing this for actually a couple of years, but it really came to a head this uh, American election. So to kind of give you background of it, I'll tell you a story of my past. So I grew up with a, a father who was staunch NDP. He was uh, union president. And the main reason why he was both um, was because he felt the NDP was the party for the little guy, for the working man. Mm -hmm. And at that time, at least it appeared that that, that was probably the case. At least they made the, the comments that, that uh, made it sound like they were anyways. And, um, but I've noticed in this election that that is starting to shift. So particularly in the American election, um, it has turned, so if the NDP is kind of like the Democrat party and the conservatives are kind of like the Republican party, if we're gonna make any parallels between the two, I don't know what the liberals would be, but who cares? Um, Useless. If, if, you, <laughs> if, if you look at uh, that kind of comparison, at one time, like, uh, the Democrat party would be the, the party of the working class mm -hmm. and the workers and, and they would, uh, unions would support them. Um, the KKK would stuff. support them. 
Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, well, not support them. They're their military wing of the Democratic Party. But anyways, oh, gotcha. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, but but the, they really try to cater to the working man, the Democrat Party. But we see the trends now that it's the working class that's actually starting to now vote for the Republican Party, and it's the elite class that now votes for the um, Democratic Party. So I kept hearing things like uh, the Democrat Party supporters are more highly educated than the Republican um, supporters. And I kind of looked into it and yeah, they have more school degrees, but that just means that they are the elite group now that are um, the educated group, the, the top people, if you were in a society, and the Democratic Party is bringing them in to the exclusion of the working um, man now, and the working man is seeing, seeing that and then moving to the Republican Party. And I see actually a lot of the same things in uh, Canada as well. Um, not to the same extent though, America, it's a lot more obvious, but I see the same thing happening in Canada. Now, I don't know if you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's an interesting thing that um, um, the Democrat party likes to talk about the big switch where you know, they were the party of the KKK and, and other, now it's the Republican Party. It's a big switch that they, they claim has happened. But there's another switch happening now. And, and well, I don't believe that they're right in that analysis, but there's definitely another switch happening now where the parties are being reshuffled, as it were, on who votes, votes for them. And if, if you look at uh, the type of people that voted for Trump, for example, You'll see, you start seeing a lot of minority votes starting to vote a lot more for Trump than they ever yep. did for Republican Party for a long period of time. Yep. And that I believe that is because um, these are working class people that, that want to have their jobs and want to just get on with work and, and get work, work done. And uh, the Republican Party has a golden opportunity to now become the party of the working men and i don't know if the unions will go necessarily with it i i'm skeptical of that but i do think that the working man will definitely start moving in in that direction and it and it appears to happen I, and this is why i think this is how i think why um how, how it how it came about is the pandemic really showed people how liberal uh uh, communist socialist kind of policies actually affects the working men. So mm -hmm. if, if you think about it, who benefit, who, which companies really benefited from, from um, this pandemic lockdowns and all the, all this stuff. Curacao wasn't the mom and pop organizations, was it? It was all the big box. It wasn't the mom and pop. It wasn't the medium uh, sized businesses. Uh, Amazon did really well. Um, yep. Walmart did great. Walmart, Walmart did great. You know, so these these big companies benefit in a socialistic uh, economy, and so people are starting to wake up. I think, and I've been saying this for years, but I think it's starting to resonate with enough people that 
left-wing policies are actually big business policies. And that's why we have so many big business donations to leftist uh, political parties. If you look at the uh, Democrat party and, and their donation list, it, it is massive. And it's from all these big, big companies. When you look at the Republican side, there, there are big uh, companies for sure, but you have a lot more middle-class kind of um, salt of the earth kind of, kind of folk. And, and then when this is start, people starting to realize it, this, and then you have the, the elite class that votes for the Democrats starting to say things like, well, last election in the States, it was the deplorables. Yeah. Um, you, you have things like in Ontario, the yahoos, that's a thing now. Um, Cause uh, Rob, who said or, that? Uh, for the uh, premier said, there's a bunch of yahoos doing, doing such and such a thing. And uh, so Yahoo. <laughs> well, now there's a, uh, the people are that want to, you know, identify themselves that way. They're, they call themselves, we're the yahoos, just like <laughs> the deplorables did. And so, so you see these elites looking down their noses at the, working class uh, folk and you see the working class folk basically saying screw you guys like who are you and uh, one of the most uh, disturbing things that i a trend that i saw and it even included people in my immediate family which which uh uh really um well it makes it makes for interesting thanksgiving i'll put it that way uh that that hold to this idea that that uh uh, I, I want to get what they say right, but essentially how it goes is that um, anytime oil patch workers, oil field workers, anyone related to oil and gas was brought up, um, I would, would see or read, see with my own eyes, uh, the facial reactions of people when they talk about oil and gas and oh great, yeah, uh, these oil field workers making six figures is BS and blah, blah, blah. Whereas I, the educated one, uh, I, I, I don't make anywhere close to that. And, and it just disgusts me that, that uh, those that lean left tend to have um, a, what, a heart of envy uh, in which this, these uneducated, and that's the other aspect, is, is that uh, they're uneducated. And uneducated people have no right making $100,000 a year. How dare they? Right. Uh, you know, and, and I don't know if you've worked oil, oil and gas, but, but as a young man, I did. I, I lasted about a year before I realized that, uh, um, you know, back then, I, I don't know, honestly, if, if the laws were, were – less stringent then but back then it wouldn't be anything for me to work a, a 21 hour day be up three three hours later at three o'clock in the morning and be right back at it again and i was on the i was on the moving and we moved oil rigs but you know all i can think of is is to those um beta males and 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 uh feminists that can't bother to get their fingers dirty uh they wouldn't last 10 minutes on an oil rig and it's right. and it's it's because it's damn hard work and and yeah. i don't begrudge anybody who in the winter I've, I've been out on oil rigs in the middle of winter in a snowstorm and guess what the work goes on you don't 
you don't get a break. You don't, you don't have a, oh, this is a weather break. Oh, you know, like, oh, it's a snow day. day. Oh, it it snowed two inches. We, I guess we got to shut everything down. You're working in the middle of a damn blizzard and it could be minus 40 and it doesn't matter. You keep working. So it, it, it just absolutely, pardon me, astounds me. Absolutely astounds me. The elitist, attitude that i find predominantly on the leftist side of of the of the scale and it's disgusting i hate it i I, and i just i can't even wrap my head around it is why because you studied books for an extra four years you somehow deserve to be paid one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year meanwhile the grubby people that actually produce all of the stuff that makes everything and work in minus 40 and because they only made it to well let's face it some of them made it to grade 10 and quit there who cares right like i don't care why would i care right so yeah like i don't understand that mentality i i I never worked on (laughs) the oil rigs but i am i am a tradesman and um so you know i I make my living with my hands how dare you uh, (laughs) you must be uneducated yeah, you must I'm be a, an uneducated I'm a deplorable, idiot. Yeah. I'm not a deplorable. I'm not a Yahoo. I'm a deplorable <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> so, but what they'll say is that um, the Democrats are full of smarter people, right? Or mm-hmm. the liberals or whoever, um, what, whatever group you want to say on the left side. They are the but elites, I would say for sure. that they are... They are the least, but I would say that they are the more indoctrinated people. And I've uh, um, talked with with uh, many of these people, and, and I point out the fact that um, the studies I've read are in the States, but I almost guarantee it's the same in, in Canada, is that something like 90% of all um, professors self-identify as a liberal or a progressive or yep. something on that side. So, so you have a very strong liberal progressive culture and basically our, our universities have turned into echo chambers of this kind of ideology of, of the, the woke movement, let's just call it, um, but also the, the socialist, um, the, you know, back in the States, there was the hunt for all the communists hunting them out. They never left. They're still with us. So they're around. They, they weren't found as it were. And so they all went uh, and hid in universities. Hit, they hid in universities. They became um, faculty heads and deans and, and presidents of universities and, and whatnot. And so people getting turned out of these places, if they're not um, discerning and if they're not um, aware even that mm-hmm. this is the reality of their environment, will live in a bubble zone that is completely maybe completely is a too strong a word but very different from the actual and and the people that work work in the trades that work with their hands so they're working in the actual world they're they're working um to try to get things done to try to make the infrastructure work for our society to function yep yeah and and so they're they're actually out in the world real world and there's a less chance of them being indoctrinated than the elite class so I don't know if if you want to look down at working class people fine but just check yourself like maybe you've been in an echo chamber and you don't even realize it and you're looking down at somebody when you should be looking down at yourself potentially 
I once had a conversation with, uh, again, one of my, one of my uh, relatives that, uh, and I have, I have a whole pile of, see, this is no quarter of November and I've been swearing that I'm going to be, I'm going to be no quarter of November. Like, like let's get on board <laughs> with Douglas Wilson's uh, Canon press, no quarter of November. And, and today might be the day where I, uh, I've had enough crap go on that I'm just willing to spout off ideas. And, uh, and I ended off my last show with the idea that uh, I'm a fan of the fact that maybe beta males shouldn't vote, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, well, to take it a step. <laughs> that's further, an idea. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if it's a good idea to pull the, pull the vote from women too, because good grief. I, I, I seriously don't understand. Um, you look at the, the, the radical leftist shift of policies and, and, um, well, I, I, we might open this can of worms another day, but I would like to explore the idea of the feminist movement and leftists and how those two things. Well, I, I will say, I'll put, I'll put my position out there on that kind of an issue. I'm not a big fan of cancel culture in general. No. And that's a form of it. <clears throat> and and um, I think we should win the culture, not via legislation and that kind of thing, but through providing the better arguments that I think we have. Uh, it requires, well, and, and to go back to the story, I remember having a conversation uh, with this person um, regarding uh, her own profession. This, this was her own degree. It was her own field. And I simply was asking questions. I thought we were having a conversation. Um, right. But I was simply asking questions and then presenting information, facts in her field that I thought she would, she would know. I didn't think I was telling her or providing her with any information that that uh, that she didn't already know. She works in the field of, of let's call them counselors. I, I think that's the best way to put it because she's not a therapist yet. Uh, I, right. I think I think she's working her way towards a therapist. But uh, so basically, she's stuck in that generic counselor position, which you and I could open an office tomorrow and call ourselves counselors because there's no, <laughs> there there are literally no no. Uh, uh, safeguards against that whole terminology and so she's uh you know i feel sorry for her she works hard I, she means well I, all those things um but she apparently gets paid squat uh it has to be at least minimum wage which is 15 bucks an hour which is about uh almost triple what uh, i was making at her age well no wait she's older now anyway you know what i'm saying oh, it's an entry-level yeah. job out of university um uh, if you don't have something specific in a field, then, then uh, yeah, you're you're, you're going to have to work your way up like everybody else. You've got to start in the mailroom and work your way up, right? So anyway, long right. and short, uh, I was presenting her information in her own field that she had never heard before. Right. And and so she's she talks to uh, at-risk youth. Um, you know, the whole, she's on board with the transgender thing. She's on board, like all the PC stuff, she's on right. board with it. And, and it's because of that indoctrination, as you called it, and it's exactly right. The indoctrination that uh, she was fed in, and feminist 
feminist uh, ideology uh, at at uh, the U of A, and uh, and she had never heard of some of the stuff. And some of the stuff I'm talking about is simple statistics in which show that are you aware that 80% of those who are gender confused in their teenage years uh, by the time they go through puberty and reach adulthood, 80% of those correct themselves. So are, because- Yeah, that, that was a, a practice out of Toronto and he, he <clears throat> worked with gender dysphoria and yeah, he, he was getting closer to 90% in, yeah. in that area and uh, they shut him down. They shut them down because it didn't fit their. It didn't fit their narrative, um, and and, right. and it, on top of that, it, it they had uh, 19 times higher uh, uh, rate, uh, and these are all statistics. They're numbers, scientific numbers, which point to that they should help the social sciences, which she's involved in, but she had right. never heard these numbers. So I'm like, right. they realize that that even if you help these young people transition into whatever they think they should be are you aware that they are 19 times higher for uh for suicide than not like long right. as short is you're not helping you might help short term right. but long term you're actually doing more harm than good have you heard this before she had never heard any of this before right the, that's the reason why that <clears throat> go ahead no, I was just saying, it's shocking that somebody could be an expert in their field and yet clearly have been given only one side of the argument and has never been shown anything with regards to maybe some of the downsides of what you got, what you guys are trying to push, you know? Like, I found it amazing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the echo chamber that, that we're talking about. And uh, that's why John Hopkins University, who performed the first uh um transgender surgery uh in the 50s stopped doing it because they said the outcomes aren't any better whether we do do these surgeries or not they it doesn't up really being change worse anything. didn't they uh, so, that's what they found in in sweden uh, yeah that, that they were that they were the same if not a bit worse um, yeah results as far as suicide is concerned so so yeah um but to, to tie it back to the point yeah. is the good the good point about the, all this is the more that the working class wakes up and realizes this kind of stuff there's more of us and that that's important in a vote you know the, the, the having the more of one one person or one group more uh, viewpoint so it's potentially good news if this trend continues now it's it's up to the parties to realign themselves to actually, um, to actually cater and actually to listen to the the working class folk that are the ones that are in this practical world that in the actual world, trying to make things done uh, get done, make mm -hmm. our society run smoothly and things along those ideas. So, if there's any politician I don't know how many listen to this or whatever. Um, you know, don't discount the, the yellow vets folk, uh, don't just discount them out of hand because they may have a couple bad members or, or whatever. Um, listen to what they're saying. This, this is a movement that's growing and it's growing from what I can see in other countries as well, just not in North America. So it's, it's something that, uh, um, 
politicians, particularly conservative ones, have a golden opportunity to capitalize on. And, uh, and I would agree um, largely, as long as things don't slide too far the wrong way. Um, right. Uh, but, you know, I heard, uh, I heard a gentleman once say he was at a, what do you call it? I think he was trying to do some abortion ministry. And, and so there ended up seeing, being a bunch of, uh, I think it was largely Christians uh, on, on one side with their signs, they were obviously pro-life. And then, uh, and then there were a bunch of screaming feminists on the other side that were pro-choice. And, uh, and what the gentleman said was, um, to, to the screaming pussy hat wearing whatever's on the other side, look, I want you to look right here. They had all their children with them at, at this, at this abortion clinic and right. there were there were children everywhere and he said look at your side i don't see any children over there you know right. so he, he was going on the premise the same idea right where where the future is those who have children and and uh and train them well and so yep. you know it uh it, it heartens me greatly that well you and i both know of a couple of uh a couple of uh christian men that have uh taken taken the, uh, the the analogy the biblical analogy of having a quiver quibble uh, quiver full um, and, and they've taken it quite literally they they uh, they keep they keep having children after children <laughs> after children and, and, uh, and it's yeah. wonderful to see it's chaotic yeah. as all ghetto but it's great to see right and and uh, yeah. whereas opposed and, and this is where I'm gonna maybe I, I I do know I have a, a couple relatives that do listen to the show, and uh, and and you know I I, I don't want to be I don't want to make whenever we're allowed to gather next maybe maybe in two years or whenever we get our our COVID shots we'll we'll be allowed to go back to having family dinners again, but but I don't want to make that next dinner too too awkward, but. Um, I find it really interesting that that the leftist leaning women in my family, of which there are many, uh, are also the same ones that have no children. Um, right. Don't so, want, so don't so, want any. Right. If if you're part of the culture of death, so that's euthanasia, abortion, um, you know, no to small families and stuff. You're gonna not be able to spread your ideals. Mm -hmm. And the, but that's why the left too really cares about the education system. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, the, but the, that's getting another subject. Maybe I can bring up my second. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that before we lose thing. the point. I told you to bring it, so let's bring it. Let's do this. Okay, so so it's actually a really good segue. So um, Christianity Today, which I don't think is the best magazine anymore, but it's still. Uh, produces some interesting uh, articles and uh, headlines of this one said pro-life women surge in Congress. And then so going down, it focuses more on the House of Representatives at first, and that's what I actually want to read. It says pro-life legislators in the U.S. House of Representatives made major gains on Tuesday with an election of 13 new pro-life women and the re-election of the House, House's 11 incumbent pro-life women. 
And then it goes on if, uh, down to say, all the pro-life representatives, it says there might be eight more because they're, they're being contested right now. So there might even be more pro-life women um, in the House of Representatives. All of the pro-life representatives elected this week are Republicans, and many say their position on abortion stems from their Christian faith. Mm -hmm. So here we have um, in the States, uh, I first actually listened to uh, Apologia Studios, their uh, podcast, mm -hmm. and they had um, a, a male, uh, Walt Blackman, I believe his name was, and he's okay. a House of Representatives from uh, right. Arizona, yep. and he got uh, re-elected, I believe. But anyways, uh, very strong, very public pro-life um, politicians and all these women that they're mentioning, they're not even talking about the men here, it's a, and there's a few of them too as well. They are not quiet or shy or you have to really dig far to find out that they're pro-life. They're out in the open about it. They're on all the lists, the, the pro-life lists. And, and um, they were supported by different pro-life um, advocacy agencies in the States. And the good news about this, at least in the States, and I hope it comes up here in Canada, that it is not political suicide to be openly and aggressively pro-life. You still can be elected um, given that scenario. And I don't see that necessarily in Canada as much, although we do have some very um, um, strong pro-life uh, politicians in our country, but it seems a lot less of a, a certain thing or a good thing when you're pro-life in Canada. And I hope that that trend that we're seeing, the, the growth of the pro-life movement in in America, and we're seeing it in everywhere except the presidential election, really. Um, the Weird how of, that is. That eh? movement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, um, I would, I will say though, a lot of people voted for Trump because um, I don't know if he actually is pro-life or not, but that he supported pro-life, uh, the pro-life agenda. And so I think that this is very encouraging news um, for those that uh, see abortion as, uh, uh, you know, uh, an evil on society. And, and I know, given our last conversation, you, you and I both agree on that. Mm -hmm. And so this should be a great encouragement to us that uh, it's now been proven that more pro-life people are being elected and it's not um, suicide, uh, political suicide to be openly um, pro-life in I fact said, it might even help you yeah and, I, and i've said more than once one of the one of the things that absolutely drives me crazy about conservative politicians and and probably it's fair to say conservatives period is um both in the u.s traditionally in my lifetime anyway and definitely in uh, our godforsaken country uh that conservatives are ashamed of being conservative and and the left knows that uh liberals know that the democrats know that so that's why they are so vitriolic in their attacks on anything that goes against their ideology the left is not shy of saying stupid things right like right. i i am absolutely floored at the stupidity that comes out of the left and how flippant they are in their uh, 
blatant uh, attacks or their their blatant vitriol where they they just shout out their stupidity and they don't even care. I mean, AOC down in the U.S. is is just a perfect example. Like, I would say she has to be one of the five dumbest politicians in the U.S. and and I would argue that that uh, one of the Cuomos is probably close. But outside that, the rest are also. Uh, uh, I'm going to get myself into trouble here. Um, <laughs> I was going to say dithering women, but I'm not going to say that. That that would be rude. No, um, I'm so, glad you didn't say that. Yeah, that, that's that's not what I. That, that's I'm just not saying that, but I am saying that that uh, well uh, the uh, what's the senator's name out of Hawaii? That that. Uh, Let me look it up. Uh, I don't know. She says some dumb, dumb, dumb things. And it's it's just shocking, absolutely shocking. And so I I forget where I was going with that, but the but the fact of them oh the the uh, conservatives being being uh, ashamed of being conservative. Conservatives actually need to be more vocal, and and one of the reasons why beta male Christianity drives me nuts as well is because we're always trying to be Ned Flanders, and we think that Ned Flanders is our is oh that that's how we're supposed to be a Christian is Ned Flanders and it's only really funny when Ned Flanders takes his shirt off blows up he's got ripped muscles and whatever else but, <laughs> but generally speaking you know what I'm saying and and you know I'm trying to be I make it a goal to to be the opposite of that and maybe that makes me a bad example as a Christian sometimes but the fact of the matter is I I have no problem with being a contentious prick like whatever, like I don't care, and it's I do it on purpose, because we need to be far more bold in our uh, in our own worldview. We we can't always be tiptoeing around like oh let let's let's have a discussion on the merits or the uh, of of abortion. You know what? Oh, and don't call it murder. I don't remember if you remember a few years ago uh, the evangelifish of of evangelicalism. Would would just cringe at anyone that would call abortion murder. Don't call it murder. Don't call it that. Women are a victim, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. If I killed my kids upstairs, would I be a victim? Like, no. So let's stop it. You know. But right. but the whole mentality behind it is, oh, we have to we have to be very careful about how we say things, and we have to be very careful about how we talk to people, and. Uh, the biggest problem I find with, with uh, the conservative movement and Christianity is our lack in Christianity. It's our lack of faith in the proclamation and the power of that proclamation. And then I would say that, that for, for your uh, conservative is they're so scared to death of being called a name. <gasps> All right. Don't call me a bigot. I'm so scared of being a bigot. Oh, don't call me a homophobe. I'm so scared of being a homophobe. Don't call me an Islamophobe because you know what I'm saying? And right. I I don't know too many men that get behind a bunch of beta male wimps that, that won't stand up for anything or that won't right. come right out. Like, I wish Andrew Shear, like, how well did it work for Andrew Shear to uh, cater to the pro-abortion movement by saying things like abortion settled in the country abortion settled in the country like how well did yeah. that go for him if you're going to get the grief dude get the gravy 
come right out and right. say, I am pro-life, and if it were up to me, I'd change that law tomorrow. At least people could get behind you and go, because you're going to get the grief by the lefties anyway. They're going to label you that. So so stop catering to the stupid and and just come out and have a brass pair and do it. You know, like, I don't get this. And, it, and that's one thing uh, Trump has show, shown that, at least in the States, you can have success in being like that. Now, having said that, it, I'm, I'm personally not a Trump fan. Um, there's a lot of his policies I really appreciated. A lot of his uh, um, approaches I, I like, but, you know, a lot of his uh, um, personality, I'll put it that way, I didn't like. However, he did show that you can say what you want to say. You don't have to do this double speak and yep. and carefully crafted wordology and, and phraseology um, that'll cater to the elites and not offend, be as vanilla as possible. Yeah. You don't need to do that and be successful. And, and I, I think he's proven that in the States and I, I'm hope I'm waiting for somebody in Canada to uh, um, realize this, that there's a lot of Canadians that I, would be, be fine with this. Would, uh, well, the only guy I can think of that, that kind of fits that bill is uh, the PPC leader. Um, what's his name again? He's French. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. I, the name escapes me for a second. I apologize. Maxime Bernier. Maxime Bernier thank you. Uh, I mean, he kind of fits that bill. Um, and, and if I still believed in party politics, I would probably throw my weight behind the PPC. Uh, but uh, being the rampant separatist I am, I'm never voting for a national party again. So if, uh, if Maxime Bernier were to move to Alberta and actually wear that cowboy hat uh, with pride and, and, and uh, say I'll lead, I'll lead this this riff riff raff out of Confederation. I'd I'd be all over it. It'd be great. Um, but Maxine Bernier, I think, is the closest thing we have to Trump. And so far, I he he has um, he hasn't really caught on. You know what I mean? Like no, and, and it, it, we, he faces an uphill battle. And what we really have to watch for is is uh, I, I I'm not a fan of copycats. And, and especially uh, of the famous copycat. So when I see uh, politicians or politician wannabes or movements being led by people that kind of adopt the whole make America great again with the, they're basically copycatting what mm. Trump did down South. It's just disingenuous. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, I, I think even those that like what Trump's doing, and I, I like what Trump's doing, I, I find his rallies hilarious. Like I, you know, I, it, everything's entertaining down there. Like everything. It's, yeah. it's so funny. And, and yeah. he's putting on a heck of a show and I really appreciate it. And, but the last thing I want to see is somebody doing that up here because it's, it's not right. genuine. It's just copycat. And, and so right. we need to avoid that, but we do need yeah. strong characters like a Maxime Bernier or any, like, uh, that's why people in Alberta, I don't know why, for the life of God, I can't figure out why somebody in Alberta politics hasn't ripped a page out of Ralph Klein's book. Ralph Klein was your 
I mean, what's the dive bar down in downtown Calgary that he used to drink at? The King Eddie? Like, yeah, King he, Eddie, he'd yeah. walk into the King Eddie and have beer and, and uh, get smashed. And, and he's, he was just one of the guys, right? And, and right. people loved him or hated him. But you know what? There was no one I ever met that was vanilla on Ralph Klein. No one I ever met or talked to right. about Ralph Klein went, yeah, yeah, whatever, take him or leave him. Uh-uh. You either loved the guy <laughs> or you despised him. And and we need another we need another Ralph Klein type character that just is honest and true. A and straight shooter. Give a straight shooter that doesn't give two craps about political correctness. He couldn't Klein right. couldn't have cared less. And that's right. what works here in Alberta. So here's a, um, a Canadian example that maybe we can learn something from, and that was uh, Leslin Lewis, uh, candidate for the conservative uh, uh, leader. She was very. She, she would have won if it up. wasn't for Dominion. That's the that, rumor. That, eh? that, that, yeah, that's the rumor. <laughs> I've heard that. It's the same thing, same company down in the States, but yeah. Um, but allegedly, she we have was to add very, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. we'll put scare quotes. Um, <laughs> she was uh, very openly pro-life, mm -hmm. very openly um, not shy about her Christian faith and, and things along those lines. And she was very successful in in that run. Um, yep. Surprised pretty much everybody. She she was a leading candidate in Alberta, so. Yep. Your idea of somebody that's just a straight shooter, that just says what they think, um, puts themselves actually out there without doing the the, the snake oil talk. Yeah. Um, she she kind of exemplified that a bit, and she was very popular here. So I think you're right, particularly in Alberta. I would probably lump in Saskatchewan with, with that kind of um, attitude. That don't be afraid that that. I hope some politicians listen, but don't be afraid if, if you're particularly if you're a Christian politician, say, I'm a Christian, I'm going to um, um, run my political career as if God is or Jesus is king on the throne. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make me vote in certain ways, going to make me push for certain things, it's going to make me do this, do that, and to just let the chips fall where they may. You know, it, it's like, at the end of the day, are you looking for the, the accolades of man or accolades of God, right? Are, are you looking for um, um, people to say, well, that guy seems okay, I'll go for him, or at least be honest with your, with your uh, group of people that will be voting for you of who you are and, and what you're about. You, you said at the beginning you don't like the friendship evangelist uh, our first time or my first yeah. time I was on. Yeah. And that's almost what this is like. It's like you put on one face, but you're a totally different face when the chips fall down. Just be that person. Be the person that, that you are. And, and um, you don't have to be a jerk about it. You don't have to um, purposefully go and offend people per se. But if you're strong in your beliefs, you will offend people. There's just, it doesn't matter what your beliefs are. People are going right. to get offended yep. by people that are strong in their beliefs. But at least people will respect you. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's what we should be aiming for is, is respect. 
uh, right. You know, it, it's been easy for, uh, for, I mean, years and years ago, I, I determined that, uh, uh, I really didn't care what people thought of me. And as you can tell, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know with your pretentious background there, uh, people. Well, I do that like to you. drive, to drive my, my, uh, you know, all those educated types, uh, you know, uh. like, uh, my profession, which I won't mention on here uh, about what I do, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, they'd be shocked, you know, that that someone of my profession actually might read a book, and uh, and actually oh, I read, and, I read, and, some and you books. might read more, yeah, you might read more books than than uh, a lot of people, other than a lot of the elites do, right? Yeah, I, I know, I I I do, I, yeah, I read all the time. I love reading and. Uh, it's, uh, I'm a trade, I'm, I'm a deplorable, like a, a dumb tradesman, <laughs> I guess. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you need to drink more wine or sherry. <laughs> but only with the finger up. Finger out. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've been going at it almost just shy of an hour. So we're going to wrap her down, wrap her down, wrap it up, wrap it down. Wrap whatever. it up. <laughs> wrap it up here and uh so yeah good good chatting i'm glad you were on i'm glad you updated me i'm glad you gave me some good news uh maybe what i'll mention here if you haven't seen it uh, paul joseph watson uh from uh infowars this was probably a couple of years ago he actually um uh, did a video specifically about counterculture and the upcoming young generation and uh, I would encourage all the listeners to to find that video, Paul Joseph Watson, and uh, where he does a, it's about a 10 minute, 12 minute video, but a little mini documentary on, and, and I don't know if you've seen Paul Joseph Watson or not, but he's he's very entertaining. He's British. Oh, he's British and he's, he's very entertaining, uh, but he always makes very good points. And his point in this video was that thanks to, uh, you know, you have rappers like Eminem, and, and all these used to be called countercultural people that are now in their 40s, they're my age, and they, they are the ones that are the culture. They are the ones that are the Trump haters, and they're the ones that, you know, like, they're the ones that are pushing all the progressive agenda and all that other crap. And it's the new, because of all those people, um, the new generation, the youngest generation, as, as Paul Joseph Watson points out, we are raising the youngest generation of conservatives ever found in the history. Uh, they are seeing the stupidity that's going on in our society, and they want to have nothing to do with it. And so they are swinging hard to the conservative side of, of ideology, which is, again, goes back to your original point, which is wonderful, wonderful news and uh, hopefully, you know, I'm in, I'm in my late 40s. Uh, I hope that uh, I make it to my late 60s. Uh, but maybe by then, I'll see, I'll see. Uh, you and I can can just sit back and and watch those young people swing us back to sanity by the grace of God. We'd we'd swing back to something close to sane because, uh, man, oh man, have we gone off the rails? Justin, so, thanks so, so very much for your time. I, 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 I know you want to wrap it down, but I just have a quick story. Yeah, go ahead. Um, um, give it up. And it's a, a, a friend of ours that we know. I don't know if I should mention names or whatever, but he loves punk music. And so you mentioned rappers, um, but he loves punk music. And 
he's always criticizing them by saying, you just sound like what you learned in college and university. You're not actual, like punk's supposed to be <laughs> countercultural as well, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but they're just saying the same things that they learn. And yeah, there's a few, young, he's pointed out a few young people that are seeing this, that you guys aren't called counterculture at all. You're just cultural. And, and so they're, 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 yeah, going the other way, just like you said. And uh, some up and coming punk groups and whatnot, they're, they're doing the same thing that, that you just talked about. So, they're the guys that yeah, come out shirt, they come out in a shirt and tie with proper with proper haircuts <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, you, you know what donald trump is punk <laughs> we're gonna wrap the show up on that line right there <laughs> donald trump is punk that is outstanding <laughs> justin it's great talking to you let's do this again soon and uh well in fact i think we're hooking up friday so uh i'm looking forward to seeing you friday and uh until then thanks for your time thanks for your contributions take care folks that's uh justin wishart i don't know if you can find him anywhere he's he's um, on this show uh we're on rumble.com and uh part are you on parlor justin no well, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-social media, so there you go. There you go. Uh, he got kicked out I, of the I've, reformed. I, he got kicked out of the reformed pub on Facebook posts, and that crushed him. That was the end of it. He he said that's that, that's it. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't even All fit right. in with the reformed pub, I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, my friend. Take care. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, folks, that's uh, Justin Wishard again. Thank you for your time. And uh, what can I tell you? Sunday, we have uh, the, the uh, show coming up. Thy Kingdom Come is uh, the name of the show. And uh, I think we're going to start on uh, James uh, chapter 1, verse 1. So uh, make sure you listen to that. Take care, folks.